coming up in the next episode. It was almost like um, at the end of this month, if I didn't get a new contract um, and a certain amount of cash coming into the business, I would have had to start laying off people. And, you know, I just kept trusting and waiting. And literally on the last day, um, it actually came through and we were able to sustain and keep the team and not having to lay anyone off. Welcome everyone to another interesting episode of the Turning Points with myself, Tsepo. I'm on the line today with Yako Fane Yefe. Yako is a founder and head of consulting for Send Dollar Designs. He's a serial entrepreneur with startup businesses in digital health and experience design consulting. Yako is also a keen, uh, someone who likes going to the gym, loves food, cooking and restaurants, is an off-road cycler, a father to three bubbly uh, little ones and a husband. Welcome to the Turning Points uh, podcast, Yako, and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me, Tepo. It's great to be on the podcast. How are you feeling? No, I'm feeling well. Um, I think it's been a bit of a challenging time um, in the world um, with the COVID crisis, but um, you know, things are looking up for business at the moment, so I'm feeling positive about what's lying ahead. And and I like how you started it. I mean, being someone who is a business owner, um, how has COVID affected your business? I mean, in the time that you couldn't trade or when we went into hard lockdown, say level five and four, how did it affect what you do? Um, so um, in terms of running my business, it actually didn't change a lot. Um, so my company, um, or the consulting company at least, has been um, remotely based um, for a large portion of our work um, for many years now. Okay. So my team is very used to working from home working remotely. Um, we are used to having a bit more face-to-face -face contact with our clients. Mm. But um, so I think from a ways of work perspective, it's actually been almost normal for us. Um, what has been challenging though, is that um, the pipeline of work has been slowing down a bit. Um, I think just a lot of companies are feeling the strain um, of the lockdown and the whole economy slowing down. Mm. So I think that just isn't as much budget and um, stuff to go around in terms of projects. Um, so we've definitely seen an impact there. Okay. And um, on my blood testing business, um, on my blood test.co.za, we saw a big impact. Um, I think a lot of people were just actually scared to visit a laboratory to actually go and provide their blood. So we saw massive um, slowdown on that business. Um, so COVID has had a huge impact there, but it's um, starting to recover slowly as well. So yeah, that's why I'm feeling positive about what's lying ahead. Okay. I mean, I would think that with my blood tests um, and people wanting to know whether they, are, uh, they have COVID or not, that, sh that should have picked up. But you say, you're saying you saw the, the opposite. Um, yes, so my blood test um, is only focused on um, what we call self-referral tests. Um, so it's where patients kind of themselves are able to make a decision as to whether they need a test or not. 
So it's more your basic tests like cholesterol and diabetes and thyroid and what's your blood type and things like that. So um, with COVID, um, up until now, you've actually needed almost like a doctor to refer you for the test. Mm. Um, so it's starting to change now. So we might be introducing a COVID test in the next couple of months. But um, yeah, that's something I would have loved to have on the website, but the legislation and stuff didn't allow for it. Okay. I, and I mean, digital health, right? So I mean, health, big business. Um, but you, 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 you immediately start thinking about Theranos, um, uh, uh, Lee's homes and, and what that became. How do you stay um, relevant in in that kind of ecosystem where people are starting to become very suspect of um, digital health providers the, 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 after that impact and the implosion, uh, spectacular implosion of the runners? Um, yes, so I, you know, I guess um, there has been in most industries um, what they call snake oil salesmen. And <laughs> okay. over the decades and over the centuries. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess digital health is no different. And the biggest thing is that, you know, you need to prove to people that they can trust you. So um, that only happens through relationships and through showing people that you actually can deliver on your promises. Um, but at the end of the day, people will have to um, take a chance sometimes. Um, but, you know, there's also other things that um, you can use to kind of verify if someone is actually legitimate. So see, you know, who they're actually affiliated to, what professional bodies, things like that. Um, so, for example, with my blood test, we only use um, accredited laboratories in South Africa that actually do the tests. So okay. um, you know, there's a, a big structure behind the service. So we do provide the service digitally online and it's a nice and easy platform, but it's backed up by real big service providers that's been around for many decades in the healthcare industry. So, so maybe let me just unpack. What is uh, what is your what role do you play? Are you the last mile, or are you almost like an intermediary? So, there's a customer who wants to do your blood tests, uh, whether it's uh, pregnancy, cardiovascular, immunity, or whatever. Um, they book to see a laboratory closer to themselves. Is that where you play? So you're almost like a platform as a service. Um, yes, so the challenge um, that we are trying to solve or the pain point is um, in the current world, if somebody wants to do a blood test, even if it's a simple blood test like a cholesterol test or a diabetes test, they today first have to go and visit their GP, get a referral letter, then they go to a lab and get their blood taken. Then they have to go back to the GP once the results are available for the GP to give them the results, or if they're lucky, the GP might call them. So what we're doing is we're kind of disrupting the current way of doing things by cutting out some of those unnecessary steps. Um, so a patient themselves can decide which tests they want to do, and they just order it on the website, um, and we are affiliated to um, some of the laboratories in South Africa. So then they can choose a lab that's close to them to go and visit and provide their blood or their urine samples. 
and then the lab actually sends our website the results and we interpret it for the patient so we'll tell them they're in a normal range or there might be a problem and if there might be a problem we refer them to go and see a medical specialist um, so we're not trying to really replace the medical specialists but we are making healthcare a bit more accessible to people and we're also saving them the extra cost of having to go and see a gp once or twice to get a simple result for a blood test they might already know they need okay all right so and i mean for example the many times the 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 reason why doctors have been choosing that you you do for example um, HIV tests of them is because they say you need to be cancelled before you do this and also when the results come they need to interpret it um, uh, but you talking only about the last part of it which is interpretation what about the cancelling for high-risk blood tests um, yes, so we specifically haven't added HIV to our tests for that reason. Okay. So we don't believe that you can really provide that support to someone digitally um, at the moment. So we are looking at ways that we can bring um, that into the picture. But for now, we've decided that it's a little bit um, risky to actually take on HIV. So although legally we can um, sell it, the problem is that we don't want to be the ones to break news to someone via a website that they might be HIV positive and then they don't actually have the necessary support or counseling at that point. So um, we've decided for now not to include that in our tests. If someone already knows that they have HIV, we do offer tests where they can track their viral load. Um, so they can monitor and see, for example, if the ARV medications are working for them or not. Um, but yeah, we are looking at some innovations in the future. So one of them is that we'll be um, partnering with another company to bring traveling nurses. Um, so instead of you actually visiting a lab, you can get someone to come and collect your blood sample from your home. Um, and they will also be able to do some rapid tests, um, including COVID potentially in the future. So. That's some stuff that we're excited about. Oh, brilliant. Okay. I mean, I can imagine that what you're trying to do, trying to disrupt a very big, very massive industry like health and the big guys letting you just do what you do. I mean, what are some of the challenges that you have experienced just trying to get this business running? Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, We've actually been um, positively surprised by the reaction of the industry. So um, the existing pathology laboratories were actually very keen to partner with us. Um, I think they've also seen that, you know, digital health is something that's rising and they need to also embrace it. So um, it was actually quite a positive experience to meet with the different um, CEOs of the different pathology companies and they were quite keen to partner with us because um, for them, you know, there's also the benefit of them potentially getting more patients that are doing tests. Um, so it wasn't really for them a massive threat. Um, so we are still bringing in additional business to them. But um, I think for me, the biggest challenge for this business specifically um, has been the change in mindset for the patients um, and then 
actually creating awareness of this brand. So, you know, I think right. that's for most businesses a big challenge. But um, the first thing is that people are quite used to doing it in the old way where they go to their GP, they get the referral letter, and so they feel safe with that. So for many people, they do feel a bit uncomfortable to now kind of take all that um, responsibility almost into their own hands. Yeah. But um, most of the patients that have been through the process with us actually respond very positively. The, um, we do surveys with them and chatted to many of them. And everyone just tells us how simple and quick and easy it is. And they would definitely recommend it to other people. But um, the big challenge is to get people to try it for the first time. Hmm. Right. Uh, because, I mean, it's a mind shift, isn't it? Previously, it was doctors who would tell you that you need to be doing, for example, a, a hemoglobin test because we want to check how many white and red blood uh, cells you're actually having and stuff like that. I mean, right now, um, how would someone actually know that they need such tests if it's not a pregnancy test where someone already has suspicions because I've missed uh, maybe month one and two of my monthly courses? Um, yeah, so um, a lot of our tests that we offer are other types of tests where people know they have to do them almost as routine activities, um, okay. things like cholesterol, diabetes, and it's like part of your yearly kind of checkups. Yeah. Um, and the whole point is that if you know you have to go for a cholesterol test every six months or every year, why do you have to pay for another consultation fee um, in order to do the test that you already know you need? Um, you know, so that's the convenience aspect. And then the second type of test um, are the ones where we are screening people for health issues so it might not be that they know they have a cholesterol issue or they there might be something showing up in their hemoglobin or in i don't know if it's my side or your side yeah so if maybe you can i think if you can pick it up from where you say a lot of people come through to do the screening because it's annually and stuff like that Okay, so um, with the routine tests, a lot of people do tests that they have to do on an annual basis. Um, yeah. So they know they have to test their cholesterol or their blood sugar every six months. So instead of them having to pay for an extra consultation every six months, they can just do it easily and quickly on the website. And the other types of tests that we offer are the ones where someone has a like some kind of a health concern or they do a type of a screening where they want to see if they maybe have any issues. So um, they might not know that they have an issue with cholesterol or with their thyroid, but maybe there's some underlying stuff that's bugging them. They might not be feeling well. Um, and this is one of the ways that they can diagnose possible issues. Mm. Um, and we provide a lot of guidance on the website in terms of what each test will actually help to highlight and what are the common things that might be um, troubling you that you can use this test to right. actually identify an underlying cause. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not really our job to try and um, get patients to self-diagnose things, mm. um, but it's more where they have a good idea that they want to test something, and we actually give them the ability to do that. Okay. I see that. All right. So, I mean, uh, 
your your profile says you're a serial entrepreneur. When when did this road for you start? Because you also went through uh, at some point academia into corporate and then into the uh, into the entrepreneurship realm. Um, is this something that you've always had, or did it come through from you know you being excellent at something and thinking this is where I need to be going? Um, I think it's a bit of a combination of both. So um, I've always been very business-minded. So um, I remember um, growing up, my father is an economist and my mother actually had a couple of businesses um, when I grew up. Um, and my brothers and I were always doing entrepreneurial things. So um, it was kind of part of my um, upbringing. And um, then when I went to study, I um, studied BCom, um, which is obviously also business focused, but um, I've always had a passion for technology and IT specifically. So I combined business and IT when I went to study informatics. Um, and then I started out um, in corporate, um, kind of working in the intersection between business and IT in the role of a business analyst. Um, and after doing that for a few years, I came across this field of um, user experience design. And that really just changed my entire perspective on like what I was actually doing. And um, I started um, focusing a lot on this um, role of user experience design. And um, I've actually been focusing on that for, I think, about the last 13 or more years now um, in my career. Um, so I've worked across many different companies, um, consulting, working permanently for some corporates. And um, this user-centered design or UX design um, has really been something that's taught me that um, when you want to do anything as a business, whether it's a website, app, or whether it's the way that you service customers in a branch or um, over a call center, that you need to really consider the needs of the customer or of the user of the system. Um, when you're designing the processes, when you're coming up with the products, when you're coming up with business rules. So that's really been kind of a big theme in my um, business career. And um, when I met my wife, um, I actually told her that by 35, I either wanted to be a C-level exec um, at a corporate or I wanted to start up my own um, consulting company. Mm. And um, I've been very fortunate to actually get the opportunity to start up my own consulting um, company. But um, it came up kind of out of a challenging time in my life. Um, so I, um, I'd been working for a corporate for a couple of years um, and I really believe I was doing a great job managing quite a big team of people and we were really delivering successful projects. But um, after a few years in the company, I just started seeing that um, things like corporate politics and um, the policies and stuff from the human um, resources department were not really in my favor. So I, I started feeling a little bit stuck um, in my role and not really getting recognized for the actual contribution I was making. So that started frustrating me. Um, and I think that was actually something that pushed me a little bit to actually start my own company. 
and um, yeah, really just by the grace of God, the opportunity opened up. Um, I got offered a position to go and consult at another large corporate. Um, and that actually allowed me to step out, start up my own company um, and start consulting as a team of one um, on day one. And it was literally on my 35th birthday, um, the very day that I told my wife almost a, more than a decade before that, mm. um, that I started this consulting um, position. So, yeah, sometimes it's also the stuff that we um, you tell yourself yeah, out about our own lives that actually come into realization. And um, yeah, so I've been very fortunate to get the opportunity. Um, I'm actually a very risk averse person. So yes, I've always had this idea that I want to become a businessman and I want to start my own thing. But you're always a bit scared of taking the, the jump and actually starting something. So yeah. when I got the opportunity to go and consult somewhere, um, you know, I was able to negotiate and say, like, listen, yeah, I'll come and consult, but I want to give you guys 80% of my time. But let me use the other 20% of my time to actually start building up my company. And luckily, they were open to that. And that's how my consulting firm actually started. Wow, that's beautiful. And and for me, it's, it's and a lot of people always say, you know, you need to take the jump. But I always tell them that um, if you see a lot of uh, successful startups or entrepreneurs who started up, it, it wasn't really a today I was an employee and tomorrow I became an entrepreneur. But it was like almost like a gradual transition where they had something that was working uh, and they saw potential of continued revenue on their own before they actually made the complete switch. I, is that your experience as well, or or you you um, just yes. went cold turkey? Uh, no, I think um, definitely. So for me, um, my entire business plan when I made the decision to take the jump was based on it would literally just be me myself going out consulting on my own for at least the first year. Mm. And um, I was just fortunate that um, after a few months that um, I started getting opportunities to um, grow my team, to start hiring people and to start doing projects across multiple clients. So, um, but yeah, my plan and the kind of the math that I did to push me into making the jump was based literally on just me, myself, changing almost from being a corporate employee to doing something very similar for another company, but not as a permanent employee, but rather as a contractor. And it was okay. as simple as that, but that allowed me to make the switch. And the moment that I started my own company, because I already built up my profile in the industry um, in South Africa quite a lot previously, mm. um, when people saw I had my own company, they started reaching out and saying, listen, yeah, we've got an opportunity here. Do you want to come and uh, give us a quote for this? And it just went uh, from there. Brilliant. Let's take a break and come back. Welcome back to the Turning Point, still on the line with Yaku. Uh, Yaku, so thank you so much for staying on the line. Thanks, Tepo. It's great to still be with you. Great. I mean, 
you mentioned a lot of challenges that you know you you said you know led to you deciding to becoming your own kind of uh, boss. Um, I mean, one of those uh, you mentioned the the HR policies of one of the large companies where you were doing great work, but you felt you were not getting this the kind of recognition that you were talking about. And you also mentioned the fact that you know you you also had this thing in your own kind of plan, a life plan, with when you told your wife like ten years before that by the time you reach a certain age, you wanna be uh, your own kind of boss. But I mean, which one of the, the challenges that you faced in your life became a defining or turning point for your, for your, for your life? Uh, so so I, I believe that was probably the biggest turning point in terms of my professional life and my career um, that pushed me into you know, really taking a next step and starting up my own business. Um, I think there's been, since starting up my own business, I think um, as an entrepreneur, you face different types of challenges. And I think one of the key challenges that I've had um, in the last couple of years was that, um, you know, the South African economy has actually gone through a couple of difficult um, years over the last three or so years. So um, I was about one and a half year into starting my company and, we really started growing the team and doing some great work across many big clients. Um, so we were actually consulting to big companies like um, Vodacom and Life Healthcare. And um, across the board, the economy just started slowing down and South Africa actually started going into a technical recession. And a lot of corporates reacted to that and they started cutting back on budgets. So... With me growing my team, I started actually having quite a big um, pool of salaries that I had to cover. So a lot of people, employees that I was supporting, and each of them also had families and commitments. So um, it was really like quite a difficult time for me to actually, you know, make decisions for the business to make sure that we could keep the business running and keep supporting employees without necessarily having all the cash flow coming in um, at that time. Um, but I think for me, what actually got me through it was to just think back to um, the reasons why I actually started my business. And um, you know, I actually feel that, you know, um, I'm a Christian and God actually um, gave me a word um, many years ago that I needed to start a business in order to um, support not just my family but other families and um, this was something that I had to hold on to in the difficult times mm. and just putting my trust in that um, actually helped me also and it was almost like um, at the end of this month if I didn't get a new contract um, and a certain amount of cash coming into the business I would have had to start laying off people and, you know, I just kept trusting and waiting. And literally on the last day, um, it actually came through and we were able to sustain and keep the team and not having to lay anyone off. So, um, you know, it's probably at the moment we're in a similar situation with COVID where, you know, things are really challenging. Mm. But, um, yeah, again, you know, I'm holding on to that kind of vision and um, the word that I got in the past that, you know, it's something that I need to trust in and believe that it will come through. Sure. Great. I mean, say, say, say 
God again gives you a word to say, um, um, Yaku, I'm, I'm giving you a chance to start all over again. Um, what are the three things that you would change about the way that you've led your life, the way that you run your business, the way that you lead people? Hmm, that's a tough question. So um, to be honest, I, I don't know if I would have chosen to do anything differently. Um, so despite going through many difficult things, um, I don't believe that um, you know, we go through any challenge without a reason. Um, and I really believe that in many disappointments, there's actually opportunities um, that come out of it. So um, someone that I know actually says, in every disappointment, there is an appointment. And um, so I don't look back at my life and think of stuff that I could have changed or done, like always the stuff that you can, could have done better. But um, I don't look back at it with regrets. Um, so you know, for me, it's more about looking back at stuff and seeing what you can learn out of it. And many times when you're in the moment and something is a big challenge, it feels horrible and it feels like there's no outcome. But um, I found with my life and a lot of people that I know, if I look back across a long time, I can actually see how those challenges actually led to other great opportunities. Um, so for me, when I go through challenging times now, it's actually easier to almost have faith that there will be something good coming out of it. Okay. Um, so on the, the program, we have a feature called the random question, right? So it's, it's a very random question, could be linked to something that you set uh, or could be something completely different. Um, the caveat is you have an option to answer the question or to pass it. Uh, and no questions asked, you can just say pass. Right? Okay. So here's your random question. Do you think uh, BE in the workplace is, is a bad idea? If yes, um, I no, believe I... that. Yeah. yeah so um, I believe that. Uh, should I just give a yes or a no answer or can I explain? No, you can. You can explain. Okay. So um, yeah, I believe that BE is a. Um, a necessary policy and um, it's definitely got a place and we definitely need some policies and structural stuff to be used to reform the injustices of the past. Mm. Um, I do think that um, not necessarily in the workplace so much, but a lot of the kind of BE policies that um, led to BE deals have really only enriched a few people in the country. Okay. Um, and not actually benefited the masses. Um, so I guess with most policies, there's a lot of um, kind of details in the implementation that can probably be improved on. But in principle, I really support it. Okay, cool. Um, who's in your black book? I mean, who's that one person that you always run to for advice? People that you don't want to lose? Um, I would say my um, biggest person that I run to normally is actually my wife. Um, so my wife is really my greatest sounding board. Um, she's got a lot of wisdom and um, she also happens to be a medical doctor. So um, especially around um, health projects and the health businesses, um, she's a great person to actually um, chat to around the ideas and the 
kind of compliance stuff around medical legislation and stuff like that. So um, definitely my wife. Um, and then the other thing that I love doing is just researching. So um, if it's almost like a knowledge item that I need to know more about, I just love researching on the web, um, following people on social media and keeping up to date on what they share. Okay. And uh, I mean, you've talked a lot about, you know, how much you are led by, you know, what you believe in your faith um, and, and stuff like that, but, uh, and, and business and stuff. But is there anything that you are afraid of as Yaku the person? So, um, on a personal level, I have a couple of fears. So, I am very afraid of heights. And it's one of my biggest fears. Um, in terms of business, I would say that, um, yeah, my biggest fear would be that I'm not able to actually um, support the people in my company um, in terms of, you know, if the economy is going down, that um, it will actually have an adverse impact on my employees. And that's probably my biggest professional fear. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, is there anything that, I mean, and, and I was talking to uh, someone else and they were talking the fact that with the way that COVID has impacted everyone else, um, the challenges for, for, for businesses going forward will be how to build a resilient organization that can withstand external shocks. Um, how do you think uh, people can personally make themselves more resilient um, health-wise, given that you know you in the in the, almost like the the medical or or health fraternity? So I believe that um, you know the current situation with COVID has really highlighted to a lot of people how important it is um, to actually stay healthy and um, keep your immune system um, up and running. So. Um, I think a lot of people have seen the value in doing things like exercise and meditating um, and especially with, um, you know, working pressures, not actually becoming less, but becoming more during COVID um, because people are now working from home. They're also schooling their kids at the same time. So it really is important to have those times in between when you're focusing on your physical health by doing things like exercise doing things like eating healthy and also doing things like meditating, praying uh, to also keep their mental health and their spiritual um, wellness um, as a priority. So I think all of those things combined will hopefully help lead to people not being worse off during this pandemic time. Brilliant. Um, do you listen to music and what genre? Um, so I listen to all kinds of music. Um, the song that I've been listening to most probably lately is a song called No Longer a Slave. Um, it's by Bethel Music. Um, and I just really find it, um, it's quite an inspirational track. Um, and it's something that I also like to meditate on. Um, and I really think the lyrics are amazing and it really speaks to me. With a melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies 
Thank you so much for giving us your time, Yaku, and uh, sharing the nuggets that you have shared. Um, any parting shots? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, for people that are struggling in these challenging times, um, I do believe there's hope. And I really think that, um, you know, there will be some good stuff to come out of this pandemic. Um, I'm hoping that a lot of those will be in the digital and digital health arena specifically, because that would also benefit me. But um, <laughs> I think, you know, out of every challenge, there will be opportunities that come up. Brilliant. I agree with you completely. Um, I mean, if, if someone is listening and say, this is a great guy, I'd like to do business, or I'd like to follow some of the advices that he has, um, where can you be found and where, where, where can people find information about your companies? Um, so you can find my company website is um, sanddollardesign.co.za. That's for the consulting business. And then um, if you're interested in the blood tests, it's uh, called mybloodtest.co.za. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Yaku, for, for spending time with us. And we wish you all your best. And may you be able to hold on to the talents that you have in your company. Thanks, Tepo. It was great to chat to you. Brilliant. Thank you, everyone. Um, These are stories that inspire. Uh, until the next time on The Turning Points. Cheers and bye-bye. Remember, you can also be a part of the show by sending us your comments via voice notes or emailing us at the turning points podcast at gmail.com. The turning points podcast at gmail.com.